following broadcast is brought to you by Magic Ape Radio. Welcome to Instant Discussions. My name is John. I am Chris. I'm Stefan. I'm Japanese Tony. And oh my God, Stefan's back. He's Whoa. back. Whoa. Hi, guys. I teleported. Finally back. Okay, bye. Good. And today we're, we're discussing The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness, yeah, yeah, 2013 yeah. documentary film directed so, by Yeah, Manu I didn't know Sanada. anything about this, so I, I just remember the title, and I was like, all right, going to be cool. That's a fucking documentary thing. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like an exciting title. Yeah. The Kingdom of Dreams but, and Madness. Like, it's going to get fantasy films. And then I look movie. it up, and it's like old people on a bench, and I was like, wait a second. All right, I'll give it a chance. <laughs> this is weird. And then it's like, you see that Totoro guy or whatever, and it's like, I was like, ah. You just really hate Japanese people. Another subtitle <laughs> movie. Did you have a problem with this one at all? The same problem you had from last week? Uh, maybe it's just a Japanese thing. Did you, did you like the battle scenes in this? Uh, that would have been better. I was more worried about him confusing characters. The only thing I liked about this was that I was like, okay, I like these cartoons. Yeah. So this is a documentary about um, uh, the guy. Oh. Was his name Hanzo or something? Hayao. <laughs> Han Solo. Miyazaki. <laughs> <laughs> Akira, Akira Kurosawa. Um, yeah, I don't remember the other guy's name. Uh, Isio Taka- Takahara or Toshio Suzuki, who's the producer. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so yeah, when Suzuki's it first started off, and I kind of figured out this is where they make the the animated features, I was like, oh, cool, this is going to be like Studio Ghibli, Google, or Pixar. No, it's just some little shitty fucking hole in the wall. <laughs> it's so interesting. Well, I, I That's what uh, makes it awesome. I was super fascinated <laughs> with this already because i mean one it's a documentary about animation and uh i love watching documentaries about animation already like uh the movie the pixar story um is a really good documentary about the the start of pixar and all of that um and then any of the disney ones but it, it it's hayao miyazaki yeah especially like one it's it, so that's the the added level to it is that yeah. it's it's uh the story of his business and his, his, his life through the yeah. business and it's all told through the making of the wind rises um so you well, get that to comes see kind of later I, I didn't like the very beginning well, that asian chick was talking a lot and she was just introducing people There's and like not asian giving them a chance to say who they were i didn't like that uh i thought it was fine yeah. setting up the story uh, setting up everything in there and, and getting to know this this company and the the culture of it um but it was like this is the only one with the suit on this is a lawyer i'm like i like okay no, i like oh that <laughs> oh awesome i didn't like that no i like it was the it's the thing of how everyone's casual there because they're all animators and artists but this guy is a suit no 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 the he's point the, that the way she explains it she's like she'd like, like something and then this is who they like i don't know it was just yeah that's fine Whatever. Didn't yeah, bug me at all. Um, it didn't bug me. So I, I hated it. I love watching their their process, especially um, uh, uh, Miyazaki's uh, process of writing a movie. He's, yeah, he is. He writes it by screen by uh, by storyboards. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. And he doesn't actually write the text. Yeah, he's just he, all like, "I'm just gonna draw this out." And on top of that, 
they're animating the film while he's still writing. So they don't know how it's going to end. They have no idea how it's going to end. And they're, they're animating the start of the film. And, and so they don't get behind. Plus they've announced, they announced the date for the release of the film and he hasn't even finished writing it yet. So they can't finish Mm -hmm. animating it. It's kind of like South park, uh, six days to air where they know they've got an episode next week and they're like, all right, uh, what are we going to write this week? And it's going to air next week. And even the stuff where they get to like the night before and they're still working on the ending they, of it. They haven't recorded it. Yeah. And they, they hand it to them like <laughs> two hours or an hour before. Like this airs in a couple hours and we need to finish recording and animating. And animation takes a little while. So, you know, that's it's crazy that they do that. Um, but this one, so this one with doing hand-drawn animation takes, um, which, of course, they mix with computers later on, but they're still mm. drawing the outlines of all the characters and then they color it and, and composite things in, in uh, afterwards. Um, and I, I liked seeing, they didn't show it much, but they showed a little bit of the, the software they use for that, which is tunes, which um, earlier this year they released open tunes, which is the free version of that software. And I started learning oh, wow. that and uh, hmm. it's a cool, it's a cool software and it's, it's really set up like an image. Oh, I remember hearing about that. Yeah. I yeah that it's free. You could try it out. Um, if you have an aspiration to be an animator like them. Now, the one so, thing it doesn't real, give you, Real, real quick, so, so I can get, so like I can under, yeah. get an understanding. What are your guys' favorite film by him? Um, uh, I don't think that's that difficult for me. Uh, Kagamusha. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would. Uh, I I hate that I can't say Princess Mononoke. See, I haven't seen all of them, but that's my favorite. Princess Those, Mononoke. I'm still going through rewatching them because I I saw Princess Mononoke so long ago that I, I barely remember it. Um, and so I haven't rewatched it yet, but I, uh, I want to, I, I had to go and watch the wind rises right after watching this movie. I want to see it really bad now. I hadn't seen it yet. And And they ruined the fucking movie. Like they give you the ending spoiler alert, but it's, it's based on a true story and, and they say that in there. So it was a little odd watching the behind the scenes of a movie I hadn't seen yet. (laughs) Um, good picks then. And they're like, Oh, by the way, we changed the the wind rises at the end. No. Okay, good pick. Welcome. Good pick. <laughs> Chris, have you seen The Wind Rises? No. So this is great because none of us have yeah. seen the movie, but we're watching the behind the scenes <laughs> of the film, life. essentially. Um, and yeah, the most, most of the film, you don't. it's not really important what the film is that they're working on to some degree, except that he talks about um, the anti-war stuff as he was getting into and his life living through that. And, and it's about and, his father. Yeah, all the correlations to that. <clears throat> um, the Wind Rises is great, guys. I really like it. Uh, so, so that's up there. I can't really pick a favorite without comparing all of the them against each other because there's moments mm. of Totoro that I really love there's moments of Ponyo that I really liked and uh, John ask me what my favorite is what's your favorite I've only seen Spirited Away nice <laughs> Spirited Away that's uh, what Miyazaki considers to be his best work I actually just watched that earlier today um, <laughs> I had you? to yeah because I had to watch more more Miyazaki after watching this I, I, I'm i still trying to kick him up that is he doesn't direct Grave okay. of the Fireflies I've, but he I've, is a part of yeah, that yeah I've team. seen Grave of the Fireflies um, I, I haven't seen a lot of anime I'm pretty sure spoilers now I know Did the he Fireflies do Akira? Died. Oh, by no. the way, no. no. Uh, Gary the Fireflies. <laughs> you saw that, Chris? <clears throat> yeah, that's probably the most. That's known as like the most depressing anime. <laughs> yeah, hmm. and uh, rightfully so. It sounds like it from that. the title. Um, directed by Lars von Trier, but you know. So, I like the thing of. Um, there's so many things I like in this movie. Uh, the they got the rivalry going on uh, between him and his former 
coworker. Yeah, that, that was, wasn't even a, that good of a rivalry though. No, it but like, it's no, a, I agree. It is. It's yeah. not a big. It, it, like they call it a rivalry. It's not. It's not huge. Like they're fighting think, against each other. But it's. It's a thing that that might have been what their marketing guy wanted to talk it as. No, as like, what, this is what I think of it as though. It's when they were talking about releasing the films on the same weekend, which in America is insane. Yeah. To to have two any two big studio films release on the same day, they don't release a DC film the day that a Marvel film releases. Yeah, you keep should. them weeks apart. Because they know DC will lose. Yeah. <laughs> it, and they, you're not going to release um, either of those films on the weekend that uh, the Star Wars movie is going to release. And, and you're going to balance those against uh, the Harry Potter or, or Hunger Games or any of the other big franchises. You do not release them at the same time. And like Disney wouldn't release a film on the same day as another animated a big animated film and if if they are going to release it on another day that other film's going to back off uh like the bigger film's going to win and there have been times where they they do it where they release two big films at the same time and it's a thing of like screw you guys we're totally going to kill you oh, in the box the office other one bombs. yeah, yeah. it's going to happen because people make a choice and they go to one of the films and get something and it, but, and it and it snowballs but so it's a it's a weird thing looking at it from an american point of view they're both releasing two animated films at the same time because you you don't do that because one of them's going to suffer. So mm. that's the kind of rivalry, and I see that from the artistic sense of one is they I I think they look at it as not a rivalry, and as we are both we both are admirers of each other's work, and it's uh, motivating each other to see if we can both finish at the same time. No, he even um, he said what it was, and then he said it was going to make them make the best movie possible because yes. they're either they did have a rivalry, and that's the last the last which part is of that like I was super say. Japanese. No, that's American too. The no, 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 dude. Just saying, we're gonna no. They like you said, they stagger them so they so can make as most them. money as possible. That's what the American studios do because the, the the studios are worried about the competition ruining one or the other. But even still, with that, the idea that uh, competition makes all better. Well, either way, I was thrilled to look it up after that. The yeah. wind rises made a shit ton of money, and oh, the yeah. one bombed like insanely. Yeah. But, but the other number thing one has Miyazaki. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes and is supposedly an amazing, amazing film. Yeah. And I want to watch both of them now. I don't know. Because people are going to rush out to see the Miyazaki one before they see the one that's not a Miyazaki No, no, one. but, but, but they, were, they were released one in July, one in November. It ended up being... Man. That's, that's what it said online. The other one just even, didn't do well. Even still, just uh, the timing. It's the, the idea that people are going to see a Disney film before... People people will see the Pixar <laughs> films see before they see Leica animations. Hmm. Like, Leica animations makes amazing movies that are consistently great, and they don't have the marketing power behind them of Disney, so they're 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 not doing as well. But they're critically reviewed uh, well films, and uh, just don't get the don't get the attention, and people don't go to see them. Whereas a Pixar movie comes out, and it's going to make a ton of money. It's a fluke when it doesn't. Like so that's Miyazaki is the Walt Disney of Japan. Yeah. So except he's not anti-Semitic. He's a well, Disney. look. <laughs> Like they a, hate the Chinese, though. So, like a what? yeah, he didn't have a ton of Jewish people around him growing up, so we can't tell if he was anti-Semitic mm. based on the circumstances. You know, he's anti. Okay, so I, I have yeah, a he's anti-war. So anti. I like that moment in there when <laughs> when the the producer is saying this is going to come off anti-war. This film's coming off anti-war, and he's like, yeah, and it should. Yeah, yeah. I love that. 
<laughs> that's such a good moment there. And uh, the idea of them that's not worrying about the, yeah, they're they're making their art form and telling their thing, and yeah. they don't. There's no point in this film where it looks like they are beholden to any corporations or that's, anyone telling them what to what to make. Yeah, they bow down to no sponsor. So can I tell you a theory I have? Yeah. So in the middle of the film, he's talking to the the girls asking about his marriage, and he's like, "Uh, eh, I'm like not really happy, but like whatever." Yeah. And then she's like, "Why'd you get married?" He's like, "Cause I had to. Cause I said I would. Cause it is what it is. You know, just that's what you do. Whatever, right? And you like he's depressed, married. and he has like these oral fixation. I'm pretty sure he's gay. I bet you he's a closeted homosexual. Um. Called it. Boom. See, I don't know much about him, so only going based on what you see in the documentary. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a possibility. Oh, he's he loves cock. I mean, it's one of those things where I could see if he could be a person who it like. Because nowadays it's much easier to come out, but then again, he's in a different culture, mm-hmm. and he's also of a different time where you There's just don't say those things. Culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I could see where definitely there'd be the shame behind it. There are a lot of moments in this where it seems like he definitely like could you see be. his wife like for like three seconds. Yeah, <laughs> then you never. It's see it's it's definitely possible. His wife was in this. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if enough about him to suggest otherwise, and, and but just yeah. just based on what they they tell in this, that's a valid theory, I think. Yeah. Who's mm-hmm. the Ayumi Azaki? Um, also could explain why he's such a great storyteller and has great emotion and everything well, in his films. And gays are just better at that. That is very <laughs> sexist of you to say. It's not sexist. No, it's uh, sexual orientationist. <laughs> it's gayist? Yeah. Yeah, you faggot. Homoist? Sexual. Go back to Mexico, you know. queer. Sexualityist? Yeah. I don't know what the term is. Sexualityist is closest to it, yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to throw oh, it out I, there. I, one thing it made, this movie made me think was, this just feels like it's a, an extra, just some type of extra video you'd find on the special edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yep. yeah. this was the thing. It, yeah. it, part of me was the, wondering about that. However, it is so much about the culture of the company and the film that they're making isn't important to what it is. It's all about the making of the film because it's showing how his process is. But this could have been this. This story could have still come across with any of the films. But all, what was also important about the film is the timing of the film and it being with talking about his retirement mm. and and gearing up towards that. Oh, but here's the thing. He's retired multiple times. Yes, exactly. He's so, and he even said in the in the retirement announcement, he says, you know, I got uh, so many years left in me. For oh, this. he said he wanted ten more years. Yeah, yeah. ten more years. But and he also said, he said, had, no, he said I'd like to. He's, have. Yeah. Yes, he said I'd like to have ten more I'd years, like which to is work ten more. Years. Which is a uh, callback or a comment on the the phrase that he has said at the um, was at the end of the film. At some point in the film, where, um, they read the quote from him of uh, every artist has in him ten has a thorn has ten years of creativeness, <laughs> um, and so you just got to make that those ten years. Uh, worthwhile um mm, mm-hmm. which i made me think a ton of the the idea of you know is your 10 years behind you or ahead of you and <gasps> that kind of stuff oh. there's a lot about this film that was really good like that where it's just yeah. really insightful yeah well right? like you think yeah, about in in looking at uh Miyazaki himself like because kevin smith talks about it a lot in in his career about the f- 
the first films that he had, uh, he had written those scripts while he was young and hungry and, and had those ideas. And, and then uh, at a certain point when he got to Zack and Mary make a porno and cop out and things, he was um, emulating other things and it was uh, in cop out. He didn't write it. It was the only movie that he, he had said when he, in, in a tour of making clerks, he said, if I ever make a movie, I didn't write then shoot me because it'd be terrible. So like the, the idea of you've, you've gone past those creative years and Miyazaki has gone for so many years making great movies um and at least to to my eyes has defied the 10-year thing but uh maybe that's uh maybe what he's like trying to say is like you know i if i feel like there's something there exactly it's the way that and again you know don't not going back to kevin smith all the time but the way that when he retired from filmmaking and then started making uh movies again his idea was he's only going to make the movies that uh, he he wanted to make movies that no one else was going to make just because he wanted to see them um and i think that's the Uh, thing with could be with any artist like with miyazaki it's the idea that you it's not a job he doesn't and sorry i can't hear it yeah, I know. He didn't talk to his mic, but it's cool. Uh, so the, it's the idea that Miyazaki doesn't want to ever have considered this a job. And and he says that when... In, I love the old videos of them starting the company and stuff. And when, he, when he's um, starting the starting the company, and he, sa- he tells everyone, uh, if you um, don't want to be here at some point, if you uh, feel like that, that you, sign with the you'd four. rather do something else, then leave. And I'm yeah. going to do the same thing. Uh, if if this is a job to you and you you're not enjoying it and you'd rather do something else, then then leave. Um, and that's how you're gonna make the best stuff is by people enjoying being there. And and so that's what it is. If he feels like making another movie, he'll make another movie. He's not saying that he's not allowing himself to make another movie. That's the thing of if he's feeling like I don't feel like I've got another one in me right now, um, and so I'm I'm done, unless later I happen to not be. Um, I was gonna say I so I appreciate the fact that you can tell that he's in it for the art. I mm-hmm. like that. Like you look at a few of his other movies and just merchandising up the ass. Like there's shit everywhere. Well, that's and, the and you go to his other movies where you can't make dolls out of this. You can't yes. make the 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 one that you said with well, the plain one, the the one rises. Yeah, like what are you going to put that on little you Japanese. Can, you can make toy plans. You you, you can, but when when you can tell that they've been successful, and I've seen these characters everywhere, mm-hmm. and he doesn't give a shit. Like to yeah. me, like he's straight up for. And I mean the the story. the Totoro stuff and the, the couple of these. They, they there are enough characters that he has created, and he's done enough fantasy stuff that um, the marketing has stuff that they can go with that they can continue to merchandise off of and although they were saying the merchandise sales weren't doing that well but that's the that's the business side of things which needs to do their job in order for him to be able to keep making these movies mm-hmm. um you need to have a merchandising arm to keep a studio afloat it's yeah. it's not just the film sales that'll that'll keep it going because well, you need money around that the wind rises or whatever i think it was like 230 million dollars like they made a ton of cash i mean that's decent but frozen made a billion and that's just the movie, not Did you see their the stupid little studio that they have? Like that shit was yeah. not expensive. No, no, I, so they're I, making, they're I doing get it. Okay on salaries. Yeah, no, they're doing, they're doing all right. Um, but uh, yeah, this the box office. It cost them thirty million dollars to make uh, the Wind Rises, and, and it made one hundred and thirty-six. That that money had to pay all of those salaries. Yeah, 
And that's that's all, all of those people. And he's not the kind of person that they're not just, um, at least as it's showing, it's not like they're hiring a huge team of people for one movie and then laying them all off. They said it was only like 300 people. It's the thing. They've got a lot of people. Yeah, but those are those are people that they care about a lot and they're, they're keeping employed um, through the different things that they do. Uh, and he did like to have cigarettes hanging from his mouth and not light them except for every once in a while. Yeah, and there's a lot of smoking in the film. Yeah, he's too. a smoker. Yeah. <laughs> but he would just like sit there and it'd just be hanging out of his mouth and he's like, Oh, it's drawing. during the film. Man, he was stuff. just trying to be cool. That's what I yeah, thought. I, think, I thought a lot of this he was like kind of trying to be cool. I don't Personally. know. Personally. I think he's. Yeah. I think he was With just a stupid apron. So laid back, just being him. His apron. I think he's just focused. Cool yeah. Like, that's what I got. Or too busy to smoke. So I like the like, moment of him do... trying to um, trying to draw the plane, the zero plane. Oh, yeah. And and uh, he was trying to draw it and got other animators to try to draw it. And it like nothing was capturing how he wanted it to to look and just trying to get that right. Because uh, they were saying that they they were drawing it the way they fly, but he didn't want it. Yeah, to it's look this like mystical the way it thing. Yeah, because <laughs> he wants it to be something special. Um, so I was I was looking out for that and watching The Wind Rises. And that's something that you can do if you if you if you go and watch that one. Just look at that plane. It kind of makes sense in the narrative of that film. I already know like the ending, trying to be so the thing, I guess know? I don't really have to see it. Yeah, yeah. Because they ruin die? it. Yeah, because the journey isn't important. Wait, does he die? Because I think they changed it and they let us all know about it. <laughs> yeah. So it one thing I thought was funny anything. was then they were talking about the letter at the end where the, the dad... And he like gave mm-hmm. him chocolate and he's like, oh, my dad was awesome. Then he's like, oh, and then this mom and little daughter wanted to come with us on the truck and we said, fuck off. And we just left him there. And I always <laughs> felt bad about that. I'm like, awesome. Your dad gave chocolate and then he just ditched this woman and her, her daughter. Cool. Well, you Great get dad. That's a two for one emotional <laughs> landmark moment, you know? <laughs> Uh, it's like an inside out where you look at the moments and you're like this really happy moment and then oh but right next to it was this really sad moment but it was like right in the same time it was right there so it's happy and this is these two things that like yes he's always looking back on the happy moments mm-hmm. of it but the, the, the other moment was always there with him too um, I like that but yeah it felt like that in watching this one it, it it was in some parts reminiscent of watching a Pixar um, documentary of, of how they act in there although that's a big budget thing they've got a lot of money going on there and a lot of people and it's this uh, big office giant thing whereas mm. this one's this small little three-story building so japanese and it's uh but the garden on top it still feels when you look at it it's um it looks like of another time it it, it looks like the old animation rooms of uh of disney yeah. with the yeah, yeah the yeah. nine old men in there and that like and the cigarettes yeah and it, it so you, like as you're watching it it's like this is a, a 1950s animation house <laughs> and then the only difference is it goes to a computer at the end yeah but they're all still drawing on the things and they're in this small room and just working together in that way and it was uh it was kind of cool seeing that in a modern film being made in that way um whereas instead of like the other modern uh, animation stuff where you see people behind computers especially with the cgi films yeah uh, it so, remains quaint yeah and, yeah I don't know. It's, it's really great um there were so many moments at least my favorite thing about this is just all of the quotes mm-hmm. like all the things you could just quote miyazaki on from here like Anime was a mistake. It's inevitable. Yep. Uh, <laughs> or like saying to this cat, the cat, you have no schedule. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, like, that was a good one too. Uh, or I got I mean, to get the goats out of the window. No use, or whatever it is. There's no use worrying. We have no schedule. Get those damn goats yeah. out of my window. <laughs> the, my, oh, one of my favorite things too is I found out that uh, 
they were like co-producers for Evangelion. And the guy who voiced the Wind Rises, mm-hmm. I yeah. looked him up after. Yeah. He like He's a wrote and direct and did everything for Neon Genesis. Like that yeah. dude's a fucking genius on his own. Well, that's what they were talking about, getting a non-actor actor um to do the role and that's uh, uh, yeah he's a director and writer um, oh yeah so it's cool awesome. yeah it's cool having him in there i thought i thought he was an inch uh, it was fun seeing him do the role I, I like the scene where they're like oh we'll get somebody like ano whatever and they're like oh maybe uh, maybe like was that was that set up like it seemed like it might have been it, set it, up some of the scenes did feel kind of yeah i mean it it's it seems in that way trumanish yeah <laughs> i i would have liked to see them trying out other people <laughs> more against the wall and there's the poster right there <laughs> <laughs> and with like a black orb <laughs> right yeah um, one one thing i uh yeah one thing i didn't like was mm-hmm. the montage at the ending like, I get what they were trying to do, but I was like, oh, wow, beautiful. There's a fucking spider walking on a flower. That was very um, reminiscent of his films, though. Like, And I think that the ending was like, it was a long, drawn-out ending, yeah. Those I are, think that it was trying to be... It was just trying to say, like, no, it's trying to show the simpleness of his life. Yeah, that's yeah. what he's talking about the like entire the time, that, but I was just like, all right, this is going to get cut. If down. you look at all of, uh, at least all the ones that I know of, the that I've seen in, of, of uh, Miyazaki's films, they end with, uh, over the credits, uh, all of the... Um, over the credits? Yeah. But, yeah, we should have done but that. But just saying, it was it's all of the uh, the scene, like different, uh, just environments without the people in them, and and showing the nature of uh, uh, that you've seen throughout the film, and it's taking time that you can enjoy the life uh, and the world without having the businessness of the plot going on um, on top of it. Mm. And so that's how I felt in this moment, um, showing them just walking down the street and stuff. And it's just showing life. This is a, a sample of life without us talking over it and talking about the past or what's going on now and just taking a moment to just enjoy what a normal moment just a in normal time person. it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He is no, they don't try to like boast him up to like be some, oh my God, he's so awesome. Yeah. Or like in uh, Exit Through the Gift Shop, like this guy's such a dickbag. You and know they, what I mean? Or there's like, moments of it. this pedestal of dickbaggery or godness. <laughs> you get. He's, no, he's just a person. You get moments of it throughout where you understand that the other people who work there. They revere um, him. Yeah, definitely. And, and the, you know, talking about that uh, it's great to work with him uh, to know, like, just to have that uh, kind of credibility to, to be working with, with him and, yeah. and to be able to work with him. Uh, although they said, like, if you, if personalities don't always match with his and his workflow, and uh, so it doesn't work out for everyone for there. Um, so you still get, there's a side of him that, uh, is a definitely a strong personality. Um, we don't really see a lot of that in the film. There's, there's little hints here and there, but we don't really see him going crazy on anyone, really. Um, but there's there's stuff that you see throughout that at least lets you know that maybe uh, behind cameras he will be, you know, uh, harder on the other workers, especially the cute men. Yeah. Um. One thing that was interesting to me too is he he goes and he, he's talking about the bowing and uh, oh, yeah. and how bowing is done with the animators. I took note of that when watching The Wind Rises um, because knowing that they were animating part of the film before that speech happened and uh-huh. then animate the rest of it uh-huh. because in the beginning of the film everyone bows really quickly. Oh, okay. um, they don't pause as they're coming back up. 
but as you get later on in the film, there are moments I've, I saw at least two times where people bowed and then s- slowly came back up. Mm. Um, so it's one of those things where it worked narratively in the film that that it didn't happen all the time. And but thinking of it as every time they do it, now I'm thinking of it as a sign of disrespect, uh, <laughs> as a, a, like a not really caring about the it's not sincere in their vows. Um, so it was interesting in that aspect that you get the the meaning behind that, but also that he's educating these young guys because the, the the young animators didn't grow up at the time that he did, and this film is about someone in during World War II, so their their manners are more traditional uh, in that time. So people are they're aware the characters in the in the film are aware of it. Yeah. Um. So giving that insight there, and, and you're seeing you're directing it as you're going forward. Um, but it's that and the voice acting that we get the most direction on him from and the rest of it's just the just writing and coming forth from the script yeah. but mm. I, I was also thinking just those uh, storyboards that he drew gotta be worth so much money yeah <laughs> That's, oh, that is a prized possession and especially to have like a complete they don't really look that good you can probably money. just make up your own look, sell them on ebay it's one of those things if you wanted to these are the da vinci sketches it's it's that stuff where you're like no i'm just saying if you want to you could probably make a, a, co- sure, a few copies nobody I could, would know yeah that but but yeah i get the uh there you, you know want. you could forge them but it's just the i'd love to have that book of of any of the films, it's one thing to you know they they novelize any of his films and, and make the the even, and the mangas the, out of it. The but, failed book of the crash or whatever. Yeah, like, all those photos and those stuff. Yeah. yeah, any of those books just to make looking. to make that into a book that you release. There's there's a uh, market out there for it definitely. Yeah, um, you know, the brain, mm-hmm. the brain of Miyazaki. Yeah. Um, there's yeah so much about that. In it, it, after watching this film, having seen two of his films after watching this one, um, and now I'm going to think about all of these things as I watch more of them. Yeah. But as he talks about the depression and the the recurring themes of that through different times and, and earthquake and and everything and oh the the earthquake and nuke shit like yeah kept on coming up and throwing me off. I but was like, oh yeah, there was some crazy shit in Japan. I forgot about. Yeah, it's, it puts you into that time again that because we only hear about it on the news. Yeah, and this is people who were in it, in the middle of it, and they like make jokes about like people with, like radiation poisoning. Yeah, it's like oh my holy God. shit. Well, it's the kind of jokes that you know <laughs> us we would make um, about nine eleven. Uh, yeah, R.I.P. fiftieth anniversary. Um, <laughs> hey, good you know, Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> just passed but yeah yeah uh <laughs> buckle five it's also the 20th anniversary of uh the, back to the future no um, oh no that's 420 sorry uh <laughs> the little the john ramsey anyway oh okay you know lots of other good stuff going on so yeah i, I really enjoy this film and i, I really enjoyed it and i want to see like, i want to see more of this stuff everyone reveres miyazaki in the film and then miyazaki just reveres reveres like children yeah and they're their capacity to remember and oh he likes children yeah he does <laughs> <laughs> he is 72 yeah or was that was a um, rip uh, is he dead <laughs> as of this recording <laughs> 2016 has been a harsh year. <laughs> I'm just saying, from the time that we record to the time that we release, we want to be careful about this. Remember what happened to Robin Williams? Uh, um, it's true. Yep. Oh, God. We killed him, by the way. That was before your time. Yeah. What was? We went on a rant about him, and then he died right after that. <laughs> what, 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 
<laughs> what movie? No, we weren't even talking about one of his films. We were just talking about him in general. He came up as a tangent. Yeah. Um, he kills himself. <laughs> he heard our podcast. Uh, the uh, yeah, it was that was another thing that was amazing is is uh, thinking of his age in that film, uh, being being seventy two and and doing his weird that little like, it's, exercises again, like in Disney, the nine old men. It's these that. That thing, by the way, that they do in Japan, where they in the middle of their day they will get up in oh, jobs and exercise. I wanted to implement so that. Awesome. As I've been I've been working on some animation myself, and just behind the computer for so long, and I'm like I'm noted. I know it's time to get up because my back is in so much pain, and I'm just hurting all over. And that's when I know to get up. And I I was thinking as I was watching this, I was like, I need to implement those dumb stretches and look dumb and do those stupid stretches because it's so smart to do that. Yeah, and you like, have you to do that. Get like an interval timer and just set it next to you when you're on your computer. And just like, but I need to follow. I need to follow hours. the hi yeah and do the me sun she ish. And he's like, I can't do this one. Yeah, but he's still doing it and watching a seventeen year a seventy two year old man still moving the way he does. His knees alone when he's doing the bending down on his knees. I'm looking at and I'm going, I would have pain doing that. My knees hurt doing that, and he's seventy-two. I need to be doing these stretches. Yeah, there's, there's like a freaking reason they do it. Like, oh, it's, it's amazing, it's awesome. And then I think it also, like, just creatively and just helps you because it gets your blood, oh yeah blood flowing again and your body actually. Well, active. when you're sitting at the desk for that long, you're gonna start getting lethargic with it, and it's gonna yeah. start weighing on you. You need to, you need to get up. Every What's now even and better then. is you just you masturbate, but don't finish. I knew that was coming <laughs> because I've done it that at work. Literally was. Yeah, yeah. I've done that at work. Like, I just got to get up and just. Like, not complete, but just a few strokes. Like, it really gets you going, like, as far as your blood flow. Well, I'm sure that that works similarly to this. Uh, it's the exact exercise, same thing. But you, it, like, this exercise is probably a little bit better for you. Work at, like, a preschooler or something. Just <laughs> <laughs> Worse. Just so we know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Chewbacca at Disneyland. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go Miyazaki. Good stuff. He's I mean, sweet. this is... This this makes me like him more. Um, I already uh, liked him, and I love seeing more from him. I'd I'd love to see more films. And it's one of those things that uh, they haven't done a like the, the Pixar thing didn't go as much in depth on. Um, I, I feel like I wanted to see more of Laster in that one. I don't have a good documentary on on uh, uh, Walt Disney because they just He's they dead. didn't think of making it at the time when he was alive, so we could capture that stuff. And I'd love to just watch. There's there's bits and pieces in other documentaries where you see video of him doing stuff, and I you know shaking hands. Thankfully, with the fear. he he did yeah. make the the wonderful world of Disney shows where he's actually talking to the uh the people either making the movies or making the theme parks. You get to see that kind of stuff, but it's wanting to see someone's process. Um, and I think yeah, they really need to make a documentary about Disney. Like a like good with the people that actually solid, are still alive that know him well. Yes. They have a biopic of him. That they've they've had bio. Well, I can't believe that's already actually hasn't been done. They've had really? they've had the they've had people playing him in movies, saving but not Mr. yeah, saving Banks. Mr. Banks. But that was yeah. that was that wasn't just about him. Like I, 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 I want a good entire story. I want a good bi- uh, a good biopic, but I also want a good documentary. Um, with Shia LaBeouf. But then again, Walt he. Disney. You know, it's his early stuff that you're going to get more of the stuff that I really want out of it. In in this one, it's so great because Miyazaki is so hands-on throughout the process of the film. Rutger Hauer he's not, as well. He's name. not just a director. Rutger he's not Howard? just a producer, Rutger not just Howard. a writer. Yeah. <laughs> Hobo with a shotgun? He's the, oh. or, or he's from Blade Runner as well. But so so Miyazaki's not just one thing in the film. Like, the, like Disney eventually became 
a producer of the film. So he wasn't writing this the script or directing the thing or, or animating it. But Miyazaki's doing everything. He's he's writing it, he's directing it, he's producing it, he's animating key sequences in the film. He's actually getting hands on. Well, he has, he had a producer later on. In moments, yeah. But he he's a producer of the film. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he's he does everything in the film. So watching his process in making a movie is so fascinating in a way that you only get out of like a Tarantino or a Robert Rodriguez or someone Kevin Smith again someone who's rules. who does all of these roles in a film whereas if you look at you know John Lasseter produces and he'll come in for story things but he's not the director or the writer or the animator on things <clears throat> and then like any other director they they leave at a certain point they're doing one element of it and yeah. then not doing the rest of it and Miyazaki's there from beginning to end I feel like film, there always so you, should be someone like that on any project. I like, think, yeah, as much as while it's great to be a collaborative, you want to you want art to be collaborative in film. You want more people more people to work on it that are contributing positively to it. You don't want the people who are tearing it down and saying you can't do this, you can't do that kind of things that like like a studio will do. But you want the people who are contributing to it. But you need to have someone. It, films are so much better when you have a, an auteur, a person who is seeing a vision from beginning to end on it that that has an idea in mind and can see that through the whole way. Because you get like writers who have an idea in mind and then it gets taken away and it's interpreted by the director and by the actors and by the editor and, and it, it becomes something different. So much more, yeah. Yeah. And losing the originality of it just drops the connections between them. And, yeah, and, if you, and whether you like or dislike it, when Tarantino makes a film that he writes and then directs and casts it and, and edits it with he's his not in. with his editor, but you know, he's in the room with that and and sees it through to the end of it and yeah it's better when he's not in it but still that film is his vision and you know that you're getting his vision with it Uh, whereas even with like a a, even a writer and director who's not an editor and you don't and if that guy doesn't have final cut doesn't have final approval on his edit then you come out that's why you have director's cuts coming out because they're like ah that's not really how i wanted it to go and so yeah miyazaki gets that and so that's why i think this documentary is better than one could be on most other writers, directors, animators, because you don't have that that whole process. So I yeah, love this, and I want to see more like it. And uh, and I think there's not enough out there. So anything other for the final thoughts on this as we're getting through this? It was great. I mean, it was alright. Yeah, I didn't have any particular part I didn't enjoy. Hmm. I didn't feel the same way, mm-hmm. but I still gave it a three. <clears throat> that's, there's some good parts that's still good it's still enjoyable yeah. for it yeah uh, I mean it's, it's like a low four or a high three for me that's it, it just felt too much like a special feature than a narrative story well it's something that I want to be a special feature that's not a special feature on these releases that they're making <laughs> But uh, I, I I think it felt is felt that a like problem a film. though? It felt like a film to me. This didn't feel like a bonus feature. I I understand what he's saying. If it it's a it's the tone. It's the tone yeah. that you're thinking of it. But to me, the tone worked as a as a feature as a narrative. It was like feature. an element. Yeah, that's because it to me. To that's, me that's why that's I say it, it, to me it didn't it didn't matter that it was about the wind rises. It, it this was a story of Miyazaki and his, it was his, his filmmaking, yeah. and it just happened to be. You know, that's how I because anything like any 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 documentary about a filmmaker is going to be about that time. But I get what I get what you're saying, and that if if it did feel that way to me, I would absolutely agree with you that mm-hmm. that that's how it would be. It just to me it it it, it captured me and it, and it worked with that. I I still give it a four on this one. Yeah, I'm um, gonna go four. Yeah, 
it's not um, it's not King of Kong in the sense of documentaries, uh, um, where Kong. it just is like a complete narrative solid on there. Like this will it it a, a bit to what Chris is saying. Oh, but, King of Kong, mm-hmm. I have seen that. Yeah, which is that's my my gold standard of documentaries. Uh, so it's it's not up there, but this is um, definitely enjoyable. I really like this. So four stars on this. Uh, Tony. Tony. Yes. Tony. Well, oh god. October's coming up. <laughs> oh shit. So there was a movie I saw up. around ten years ago that I can't remember if I liked it or not, but oh I god. think I liked it. We only get one pick for the month now that Chris is here. Thank Jesus. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember if I like it, and it's Sweeney Todd. Two thousand seven Johnny Depp. You're talking about the Tim Burton Sweeney Todd musical? Mm-hmm. I saw it, I don't remember if I like it or not. <laughs> well, hey, at least it's not like real like crazy uh, horror shit. I could have chose a lot worse. Yeah. So this ain't worser. no pol- this ain't no poultry guest. Uh have anyone else seen this one? I saw this one. I've, I've seen, it. seen it. So we've all seen it. So this and is I gonna remember. be a rewatch for all of us and we'll see we'll see what happens. Sweet. Yeah. Goodbye. Sweeney Todd starring Johnny Depp, who allegedly beat his wife. Tim Batten. And on the bottom catter. John Goodman. <laughs> Matt Damon. John Goodman is the meat pie. 